0: What's it like to run a city that's just legalized cannabis? Today, we've got someone on who knows all about that. John Stevens is the mayor of Costa Mesa, California. We talked about trap shops, the local economy, and how the rent is just too damn high. So you are the mayor of Costa Mesa. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Costa Mesa?
1: Costa Mesa is a town in central Orange County, bordering on Newport Beach and Huntington Beach about 115,000 people in the city, a very diverse community, all different income levels, ethnicities, and cultures. I've lived here in town for 32 years. We're also one of the destination towns for people in Orange County to come to. We've got the fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. We're the city of the arts. So we have the performing arts center here in Costa Mesa. We're going to have the Orange County Museum of Art beginning next year. So it's a very vibrant community. Uh, It's a young community. We have a lot of people in the younger demographic. So it's a, a very fun and vibrant and enjoyable community. And I'm very proud to be the mayor of it.
0: John, what brought you to Costa Mesa originally?
1: I got a job here in one of the law firms. And then one of our good friends purchased a house in Costa Mesa. So we Bought a house in Costa Mesa in 1991, proceeded to have four kids, and we were dug in at that point.
0: (laughs) What motivated you to run for office?
1: 10 years ago, things were not going very well in Costa Mesa from my perspective in terms of the way the city was being run. There were a lot of disputes between the city council and the city employees. There were lawsuits between the employees and the city council. There was a lot of reduction in staff. The city council wanted to turn the city into a charter city as opposed to a general law city. And that would give the city council more power over the city. Then they wouldn't be constrained with some of the California government code laws. So I decided to run for city council and at the same time fight against the passage of the charter. This is back in 2012. I barely lost my city council run, but we were able to defeat the charter. And then I stayed involved and eventually I won a seat on the city council four years later in 2016.
0: This is a long time coming.
1: Yeah, I've been involved for quite a while. Some have been involved for longer, but no current city council member has been involved in city government as long as I have.
0: So, John, in your words, what is the role of a politician?
1: At the local level, to govern from the ground up in the sense that we are residents, all of us are residents of the city of Costa Mesa. We have relationships, long-standing relationships with residents and business owners and constituents in Costa Mesa. So the role is really to listen to them and what the community needs, and then to try to execute that and be supportive as much as possible. City hall and city government and the services that we provide support our residents and support our businesses, support people that come and visit here and everybody who enjoys the city. So that when people think about the city, they think that's a well-run city that I want to either live in, work in or visit.
0: What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles to that? Well, in politics,
1: there's different philosophies between different council members. There's different philosophies between the council members and the city staff, and it creates conflict and at times acrimony. We've been, for the most part, able to overcome that. My predecessor, Katrina Foley, started that process. And then now we're in a position where we Really have a very collaborative and civil and collegial city council. We get along very well with staff. All of that conflict has been stripped out.
0: Would you mind explaining Measure Q to our listeners?
1: So Measure Q in a nutshell was placed on the ballot in 2020, and it allows for the sale of retail cannabis at storefronts in commercial zones in the city of Costa Mesa. And there's certain buffers that apply. It's the outgrowth of what happened in 2016 when the voters established Measure X. Measure X allowed for manufacturing, wholesale distribution, research and development and testing in a zone which we call the green zone. What we found through our outreach with the Measure X businesses is they lack a retail outlet to get to the consumers. There was a bit of a bottleneck so we said, okay, well, we'll put this on the ballot. Well, Measure q passed 65% to 35% in favor of retail cannabis in Costa Mesa. What, what that told me is that people understood that there was a demand, a consumer demand for cannabis in Costa Mesa and in the region, and that it was currently being filled by you know various trap shops and illegal shops from which we derived no revenue, had really no regulatory oversight. We've basically made the retail piece legal so that once they go through the city process of the applications, the conditional use permits and so forth, we'll have, I hope, very nice stores, well-capitalized businesses that'll enliven our commercial shopping centers and sell a regulated safe product to consume.
0: Where does the tax revenue go?
1: through the measure q tax it's a seven percent tax paid to the city six percent of that tax could be used by the city uh, as part of our general fund to pay for police officers firefighters trimming trees whatever a city needs to do but one percent goes toward two programs one program is a community arts program as i mentioned earlier we're the city of the arts and we have wonderful murals all over the city. We have great performing arts in in our city. But oddly enough, our city itself, the city government, pays just a very small amount toward art. So basically, we leverage all of our private partners and our nonprofit partners to make the city of the arts. So with that half percent tax, we're going to really be able to put our money where our mouth is and really start to invest in public art. The other half of it is Costa Mesa, like every other city in California, has an issue of affordability, of housing. And we have kind of a young demographic. We have a lot of people who grew up in Costa Mesa but can't afford to buy a house here. And so we've established a half a percent of the tax is going to go to a first-time homebuyers program.
0: That's really exciting.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be great. That could be a really a game-changing for young people who want to put their stake down in Costa Mesa. The president of the Little League said the whole district is having a problem with low participation in Little League just because there, there's fewer young families who are having kids and are able to afford to live in Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, and the local areas here.
0: What are you hearing from constituents about cannabis in the city of Costa Mesa?
1: Well, I think, you know, obviously if it passed 65% through the ballot, you know, I'm kind of hearing loud and clear that there's support for retail cannabis. I think people have a lot of anticipation about how that's going to actually work in practice. We have a lot of applications and We know that there'll be fewer of the applications that'll actually go into business. We know that through our experience with Measure X, but we're seeing a lot of places that over the years have become kind of deteriorated retail spaces just because the market has changed, more people buying online, things of that nature that are being acquired by cannabis businesses. I think that the community has great anticipation that those businesses are going to be enlivened. For example, you might have a business that has been there and has kind of been suffering for the last 10 years and the building has deteriorated and now cannabis comes in and turns it into a beautiful retail store akin to an Apple store because there's gonna be heavy competition in the industry and and there's gotta be some market edge and they're gonna have to create an experience for their consumers people are, have great anticipation, including me. And I'm looking forward to a lot of improvement.
0: It has been so beautiful to see that happen, especially since due to it still being federally illegal, all the cannabis sold legally in the state is grown here in the state. All of the manufacturing to turn that raw material into gummies, vapes, et cetera, that's all done in the state. So it just creates so many more jobs than really any business you could replace them with, which is just a really incredible side effect, accidental side effect of this industry.
1: It's going to be no accident that there are going to be high paying jobs in our retail storefront cannabis industry because we put right in the measure, right in measure Q, that uh, anyone with two or more employees, which is basically everyone, is going to have to have a labor peace agreement. So that'll allow collective bargaining groups like the UFCW and perhaps Teamsters or other groups to come in and negotiate uh, and try to organize in those areas. So you could have um, some very high-paying jobs with excellent benefits. And I would say we're anticipating at least 500 such jobs in the city of Costa Mesa, if not more. And that is a big deal, 500 well-paying jobs with good benefits that, that weren't really there before. That's a major deal. And you know when we talk about affordability of housing, you could address that two ways. You could either say, we're going to reduce the cost of housing, or we're going to create good, well-paid jobs uh, so that people can afford to live in our city. You've got to work on affordability on the one hand. You've got to work on uh, income opportunity on the other hand. And through Measure Q and through this industry, it's a both and thing we're really creating a, a lot of income opportunity and, and stability as well as an opportunity for first
0: time home buyers. Wow, I wasn't even aware of that aspect of
1: it. Yeah, I think we're a model and people, I hope we'll see it and follow, but not too soon because we wanna be the go-to place for retail cannabis in the region.
0: <laughs> I think you're still a little ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah, well, it's taken a long time to get this far.
0: I'm sure it'll take many of the other cities even longer. I feel like there's so much resistance to uh, changing zoning laws to allow types of businesses like this to operate. Probably. We often face resistance in some of the farming communities with people who are reluctant to allow uh, licensees in because they're concerned that it might bring cannabis into their city. And I guess what I would always say to those concerns is that uh, you can't prevent cannabis from coming in your city. Cannabis is in your city. But what licensing legal businesses in the cannabis space will allow is that consumer safety and it will bring in that tax revenue. That's exactly right. So, John, have you always been a supporter of cannabis? Well, not, not
1: really. Uh, before, I'd say, the election of 2016, I really hadn't focused on cannabis all that much at all. It was during the election. And then, of course, after I won and I had to work with and, and address the concerns of the Measure X applicants and business operators that I really kind of got more deeply involved in the industry.
0: How do you view the future of the cannabis industry in Costa Mesa, and in, I guess in general as well?
1: If the laws are changed at the federal level, cannabis businesses are going to be really akin to what you see now as liquor stores. Over time, as the demographics change, I I think you're going to see the sale and consumption of cannabis normalize. I mean, if you look at it, you say, it's the oldest thing ever. I mean, people drinking wine, just trying to alter their state for whatever reason, I mean, either for recreation or for healthcare reasons or whatever, whatever it is. You know, it's going to continue. We're at the very beginning stages. We're just starting to embrace legal cannabis. But, you know, especially with edibles and drinkables and stuff like that, uh, as opposed to smoking the flour, you know, you you can make a strong argument that it's safer to consume cannabis than it is to consume liquor. You know, not a lot of cops going out on domestic violence complaints because people are high and they're, uh, and they're becoming violent
0: with one another. Mm-hmm. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I think over time that the community is going to just normalize the industry and, and it's going to be much more kind of accepted. We're close to that now. And the 65% vote on Measure Q shows that we're, we've really turned that corner. I don't think that that vote would have come out that way 10 or even five years ago you know you could see the trend among the population
0: and really even across demographics you have so much cannabis acceptance in cities with older populations like palm springs cities with younger populations like santa Ana, and costa mesa now too
1: well yeah right especially for pain relief and different medicinal properties i mean my mother is 96 years old but when she had a problem with her knee a few years ago my son got her cbd cream that she used and it helped so you're seeing you know elderly people that are turning to cannabis all all age groups among adults over 21
0: if you're a cannabis entrepreneur this message is for you This episode of Beyond Buds is brought to you by People's California, the leading supplier for metric compliant cannabis. With reliable and consistent service, you can't go wrong by partnering with People's California. Their vertically integrated supply chain provides consistency, cleanliness, and competitive pricing. There are over 50 California cannabis companies relying on People's California. Find out more and get a quote at peoplescalifornia.com, that's P-E-O, P-L-E-S-C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-A dot com. P-E-O-P-L-E-S-C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-A dot com. Whether you're a white labeler, a brand, or a manufacturer, Peoples is here to help you grow. What does a day in the life of the Costa Mesa mayor look like?
1: Well, it depends on the day. I actually think that since becoming mayor, I would say that my life has never had more variety. I'm still a full-time practicing attorney. Oh, wow. (laughs) So a day in my life could be taking a deposition or preparing a client for a deposition or writing a legal brief. Today, I had a business meeting in the morning. But then I met with an applicant who's bringing a project before us tonight at our city council meeting. Yesterday, I met with city staff to get ready for today's meeting. I also went to a meeting in the evening of a group of people who are interested in some reforms that we're going to do to our bike paths and bike safety on 19th Street, which is a busy street in Costa Mesa. So every day is different. Every day is combination of the work that I do, city governance issues, and also politics, because I'm running again in 2022. You are
0: an incumbent. I would assume that makes a lot of things easier. What are the challenges that you maybe are fearing or maybe the ones that you're looking forward to?
1: Well, I don't take anything for granted. I'm one and two in elections. Being an incumbent is good, but it's not a guarantee. The biggest challenge, of course, and the difficult part of running is to get the amount of donations that you need to get your message out what's your message we need to keep the momentum going when i gave my state of the city address in july i said that the city is better than ever because as i mentioned earlier we have strong relationships between the city council and city management we're on the same page we have a three-year plan that we're executing we look back and at it every six months and we're bringing new things into the city such as our Measure Q, our cannabis business that's coming into the city. But we've also gotten, for the most part, past the pandemic. We're strong financially. We're double A-plus rated city, which is very rare. We were one of the only cities that didn't have to take any money out of reserves during the pandemic. We've got the second highest pavement condition index in all of Orange County. I mean, from my perspective, that's really important. All the infrastructure is important. We're bringing in active transportation, bike lanes, and uh, protected bike lanes, and different projects that we're doing. And of course, there's public safety. We just hired a new police chief. We're, we're in a position right now where we're better than ever. We don't want to go backwards. We want to move forward.
0: I was going to ask what your greatest accomplishment was as a mayor, but it sounds like it would be pretty hard to choose.
1: Well, i I don't think any, any single mayor or any single city council member really accomplishes anything on their own. It's a total team effort between the city council and staff. Mm-hmm. During my time as mayor, it just so happened. It was, of course, in the works for many years before that. We opened up our permanent bridge shelter to help people get off the streets and into permanent housing. You know, We moved to the permanent one just in 2021, and we have been able to help 200 people get from the streets to permanent housing over that two-year period. Wow. From my perspective, just in terms of the impact that has on each one of those individual people that were on the streets struggling and suffering, and now they have shelter, and then the ripple effect that has on the community to allow our parks to be more enlivened. To be sure, we still have folks that Lack housing and are are living on the streets in Costa Mesa, but we don't have encampments or groups anymore like many cities do. And that, I think, that effort there has been a game changer for the city.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, 200 is, that's a number to be so proud of, really.
1: It's not my accomplishment. I'm very proud of the work that we've done collectively. There are so many hands in that. I can't even fathom all the people that have helped there. But just to be a part of that effort, I think is the thing I'm the most proud of in public service. It's 200 and it's a permanent bridge shelter. So that'll just continue as long as there's a problem with people being homeless. We now have a program set up and we have the infrastructure set up with our shelter to be able to help people for years to come. And hopefully one day it won't be necessary. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we could sell the shelter. But at least for the foreseeable future, I think that it will be an issue. So we need to deal with
0: it. Agreed. Thanks for joining us today, Buds. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and give a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice or tell a friend how much you liked it. So John, where can our listeners hear more from you?
1: You could always reach me in terms of my official capacity. At City Hall, John J O H N dot Stevens with a P H S T E P H E N S at Costa Mesa C A dot gov, and that's a great way to reach me by email. And then, if you have any issues that I need to pass on to the city staff or anyone else, I can do that.
0: All right. And if they are interested in volunteering or donating for your next campaign.
1: So I have a website. It's at Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, for the word for CostaMesa.com. So Stevens for CostaMesa.com at four is the word F-O-R. So that's how you can reach me to find out more about the campaign or to make a donation to the campaign.
0: We're going to go ahead and put that link in the show notes. So if you are listening to this podcast, go ahead and open those up. Click on that link and you'll be right on Mayor John Stephen's website. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.